Welcome to the Truth Cisco Podcast, episode 92. Today we're talking roster changes, DreamHack Masters, and an application of Pascal's wager to the news that JDM is moving to Valorant. Hey guys, this is Electro. Hey guys, I'm Guardian. This is Daps. This is Nico. This is Nifty. This is Chris J. This is Fair. Code Zero. Flasha. Oh, this is Kerrigan. Are you listening to the Truth? The Truth. The Truth. The Truth. The Truth. The Truth CSGO Podcast. The Truth CSGO Podcast. The Truth CSGO Podcast. Are we rushing in or are we going sneaky beaky like? Now, firstly, and most importantly in the roster news this week is the hammer, the blow, the massive boulder drop that is Olaf Meister. He is leaving phase, albeit temporarily. Uh, He specified in a tweet longer that he has decided to take a break from Counter-Strike. He says, during the last period, I felt increasingly fatigued and that I've been losing the motivation needed to do myself, my teammates, and the phase brand justice. He says, I still love the game and the scene, but need to regain my motivation. I'm going to take some time off to recuperate and think about my future. He goes on to thank friends, family, and fans. This is the end of a an era that really started for me um, and the other fans of Olaf post-Fanatic in 2017 when him and Carrigan and the rest of those boys won ESL, won New York in such an amazing, dominant way. He has been my personal inspiration then, uh, since then, primarily for his play on ramp at Nuke. I think if you are a Nuke player, especially if you're a solo Nuke player, watching him on the CT hold ramp at Nuke is just a masterclass. Uh, he's been lurking, really, uh, doing a lot of lurking in the last few months for FaZe. His stats have suffered. I believe he's on about a 0.9. Uh, rating for the last 50 maps or so, according to HLTV. And a lot of fans were calling for his head. It's hard to know exactly what's gone on. The The story of being fatigued uh, and lacking in motivation is very, very possible. As you know, I've been uh, undergoing some spouts of it myself in the old quarantine. I'm sure most of us have. But it also could be that the... Uh, organization has allowed him to go out with dignity with the sort of dignity befitting someone of his legendary status this doesn't seem like it is a temporary move nico said in his uh, tweet reply to this happy to call you a friend we'll always remember great memories and some of the sad ones we have shared together but what a journey hopefully you will find your motivation back and come back to the scene way too early to quit no, he doesn't say come back to the team. So it appears Olaf will be uh, ending up on another team at some point in the future. Now, according to Double Tap, it seems his replacement is going to be another young gun, uh, similar to the vein of Brokey. It looks like it's going to be someone called Orimas Pipiris, also known by his in-game name of, of Bimus or Bimus. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. He's a Lithuanian. I think he's 16 years old. Nico had noticed him on FPL and had him as his up-and-coming pick in 2019. So it appears here Nico, Rain, and Cold are going to be molding the next generation of European talent. And these guys are actually having their first game tonight with a new roster. I think they're playing against Fnatic. That's exciting. Uh, some of the other big news from roster changes this week. I have to move on from the Olaf Meister thing because it hurts my heart too much. Um... NIP of Bench Lecro, and this was a little bit unexpected. 
and a little bit controversial, but it appears they've benched, they've benched him and have brought in Hampus. This is uh, Hampus Poser. Incredible name. The 21-year-old you last saw on Gamer Legion. He was the IGL there, and he's played with every single other player on, N- on NIP currently in the past. And this is great for NIP to finally get a proper IGL, uh, maybe a couple, of, two, a couple of years too late. But as Peter pointed out in an interview with DK, Lecro was never even supposed to be the IGL. He just took it on because no one else wanted to do it. I did an interview with Lecro back in uh, IEM Sydney in 2017, and he was the nicest, most gentle-spoken guy. Uh, didn't come across as an IGL at all. Um, and this guy even took the IGL role, uh, the mantle, back up again when Dennis's stab at it ended. And it's a shame because he was so good individually, and he has been so good individually. Apparently, he's the second highest rated on, uh, player on NIP still. You know him for his deagle players, especially on train. Um, so hopefully this guy is going to land on his feet again in a team where he doesn't have to be calling all the shots. Um, does this bode well for NIP getting an IGL? Absolutely. These guys have been looking like they have a lot more firepower than in the past and not so bad at all, despite the fact that, um, they didn't really have an IGL. It's been reported that threat has simply been calling for them in the online environment. But obviously once we go back to a land setting, that's not going to be happening. Uh, staying in Sweden, uh, Fire League has joined Godsent, and this means he's replaced Michael Ailey. Michael Ailey has been kicked from the team. He helped form. Originally, they were called No Chance. I think back in 2018 they were formed. I've dumped on them a couple of times because that name was just so bad, but they have been uh, slowly rising in the ranks uh, thanks to Pronex and the boys at Godsent bringing them on and giving them a sponsorship. Uh, now, he has not been too happy about being kicked and has been threatening to put out a YouTube video tell-all any day now. Seems quite emotional about this. And this twit longer, he spoke about constant negativity, not feeling like he was fairly treated. Uh, in the same way he was treating other players. It's a shame for him. Now, Farlig, we know him from Copenhagen Flames. He was doing very good things there. He's a 21-year-old orper, has a great rating, and Laley was the weak link on the roster for sure. So that sucks for Michael Laley. It also sucks for Copenhagen Flames as they've lost to Cillian and Tessas in the last three months. So um, it's a shame because those guys were doing some good things at uh, Flashpoint. And who knows how bottomless that old Danish pit of CS players is. Probably seemingly pretty <laughs> pretty bottomless, or at least that's how it seems at this point. Moving on to different shores, TRK has replaced Mayan on MIBR, this Argentinian. Mayan accepted that he hadn't showed what he was capable of on the squad. He was pretty underwhelming, and he'd been there six months and hadn't really made a splash, so he's on the way out, and TRK is on the way in. You know him mostly from Team 1. He was apparently supposed to be on MIBR earlier, even as early apparently as two years ago, according to HLTV. But uh, Team 1 had too high of a buyout at the time. He's had a really crappy debut, however, with these guys. I think they've played two, three games. Um, they might be, uh, no, it must have been three. <clears throat> because these guys came to the bottom of DreamHack Masters NA. We'll talk about that in a moment. And so the revolving door continues at MIBR, moving to more antipathy and shores. The Chiefs have now got three new players. Those guys were, of course, the ex-genuine squad board about three months ago, but three of the players have been... Uh, given the door and the three incoming ones out of them I recognize Zeph because he had a little stint on order and he looks a bit like one of the ex-Hanson boys uh, I guess he's not as young as he was but he's still I think 16, 17 we also have so- Soju J he was on Avant uh, at some point and 15 year old Vexite who's been banging heads on MDL the outgoing players are Jinx, Micah and Skull and this is only three months 
as I said, after that uh, genuine squad was formed. So it's a shame for these guys. Not really a shame for Jinx. He's actually decided to take this opportunity to hang up his mouse. He was having some health issues and has been doing this for 16 years, according to his tweet longer. So good luck to him. Uh, when I spoke to players from the Chiefs last time, I believe some of them were holding down day jobs. I'm not sure if that is still the case, but uh, if Jinx was actually doing that, then well done for having uh, the results you'd had and good luck in the future. Back to Brazil, FNX has left Red Canids. FNX is now 30 years old. Wow. That comes on the back of uh, Red Canids coming last in the road to Rio, South America. Let's move on to Poland. Neo and Taz are returning in a new team that's going to be called Honoris, H-O-N-O-R-I-S. This would be really exciting if the other three players were Snacks, Biali, and Pasha, but these guys are actually going to be doing it with Reiko, Prism, and Stomp. Three much younger players who've been knocking around the scene on a couple of teams you would recognize the names of, like Illumina. This might perhaps be the vehicle Taz and Neo finally need to get rolling again, or not even Taz and Neo, just Polish CS, because, I don't know, I haven't even seen a Go play an official match in quite some time. Uh, Now, speaking of weird roster moves, not that that is particularly weird, but this one is, uh, it it seems like Smuya and Snappy are going to be joining Tiger, maybe. I'm not sure who reported this first off. Might have been CSGO to Asia. Apologies if I misquote, uh, but it seems a little bit of a crazy move because Tiger last appeared on this podcast because they won the Road to Rio Asia um, tournament. And that was quite surprising to me because they beat Tai Lu in the grand finals. And Tai Lu, as we know, now have five Chinese players and ultra-fast comms, I I suppose. Anyways, this is very weird, and they're going to lose a a massive amount of chunk of the points that they've actually won from that tournament, getting rid of two players. Those guys are going to be replacing NCL and Nin9. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. But there you go, good in English, Dane and three Mongols. Uh, I assume because Urkast's English is so good, probably the other two speak English as well, but I don't know how else they'd be uh, proposing to do this if it wasn't in English. Now, the last roster uh, move I wanted to talk about is uh, the latest fish to take the stream on the way to Valorant, and that, of course, is JDM64, a.k.a. the CEO of Lounge Nation. You knew him best for his stint on Liquid and for his very interesting playstyle, where he basically lounged back in his chair. He was, of course, an orper. He had his ups and downs, but was a mainstay of the NA scene for quite some time, wearing his characteristic uh, stars and stripes uh, bandana. It appears Josh Marzano has turned 30 and uh, is, has had enough. It's time to go. Now, you know what this, this made me start thinking about was uh, this thing called Pascal's Wager. And Pascal it was a French philosopher, Blaise Pascal. He lived from 1623 to 1662. He's most famous for this wager. And it's basically an argument that a rational person should live as though God exists and seek to believe in God. Because if God does not actually exist, then he stands to receive infinite gains, i.e. eternity in heaven, and avoid infinite losses, i.e. eternity in hell. So the logic is extrapolated as follows. God is or is not, and reason cannot decide between the two alternatives. So a game is being played where the heads or tails will turn up, and you have to wager. Uh, you, know, you either die 
or when you're alive, basically, you are part of the wager. It's not optional. And if you gain in the wager, you gain all. But if you lose, you lose nothing. And I guess I thought of this because it made me, I don't know, I just felt like the potential of windfall of Valorant seems currently infinite. But for someone like Josh or some of the other pros we saw jump ship, the potential windfall of CSGO uh, appears very finite at the moment. Now, Pascal really believed that we're already living out this choice, as I said, by just simply existing. We are making a choice and it's unavoidable. You either believe or you don't. And he was talking about a Christian God. So there are obviously differences in the way we might expect different gods to react once a human being um, tried to pass through into afterlife, whether they were a believer or not. But the argument doesn't really take into account the weight of dignity. And I think dignity is... I don't know, I I kind of feel like it's necessary for some sense of life well lived. And if we attempt to believe in something without any any evidence, simply because the upside may be massive, um, we can paper over the doubts of our subconscious as much as we like. We can scrape it clean with drugs and electric shocks till we're straitjacketed in a cell. Um, But as he says, you either believe or you don't. And I don't think you can um, fake this. I used to be a barista in Bed-Stuy in Brooklyn, New York, and there were some people who came into that cafe who were really on the skids. And not necessarily they were on the way down, but they didn't seem to be capable or um, able to get themselves out of where they were. They were poorly educated, and they didn't have discipline or good habits from a stable growing up. And in seemingly always, the dream of riches and success and the pinnacle of American promise that Manhattan Island represented, only five stops away on the G train, was an infinite distance away. And yet they still believed in this promise of the American dream and meritocracy and the power of capitalism and hard work and uh, repeating mantras to yourself at night and listening to the right uh, motivational speakers. And so these guys schemed and dreamed and planned and they would come into my cafe beaming from ear to ear about some new business venture that their brother-in-law was setting them up with, only for me to discover that they'd been sucked into a pyramid scheme of the most brazen variety And once that would fail and they'd be in debt, they would still essentially keep wagering on that life they'd been promised. Because I guess like Pascal, uh, they would have to ask, what's the alternative? In that scenario, it seemed like there really was just a heads or tail way to be living. And I think the main problem with the wager comes when one chooses any religion because that simple act discards all other religions or gods. Um, and I'm getting off here. I'm getting off from Valorant a little bit here, but we'll come back to it. I think that simple act discards all other religions um, or gods, as I said, all of whom posit sort of more or less the same instruction, and that is to believe in me and not other gods, or you won't have eternal life. And which, of course, means that because there can be an infinite number of mutually exclusive religions, the probability of any one of them being true is zero. Uh, And actually, I'm quoting this bit from Wikipedia because it was so concise. It says, the probability of any one of them being true is zero. Therefore, the expected value of following a certain religion is zero. So if we bring it back to the finitudes of, or the finitudes, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. The finitude, perhaps, of being a pro player, the only thing to extrapolate is 
is this. You, you choose Valorant, therefore you have to give up CSGO, at least in the way it's working. Now, another problem we need to be uh, certain of is that God seriously intends to honor the bet that we believe we're taking a part of. And this is not obviously necessarily the case. There was another French philosopher called Etienne Souriou, uh, who explained that the wager assumes that God also accepts the bet, and yet it is not proven. And the main issue with this Valorant move can be seen when we look at my favorite criticism of Pascal's wager, um, that he wrongly assumes what type of epistemic character God would likely value in his rational creatures if he existed. So what I mean is if you get to heaven and the pearly gates and the all-knowing God takes a look at your soul and realizes you really only believed because you weighed up the pros and cons and then decided to bet on heads, would he actually be so excited to offer you eternal life at that point? So when I see clips of Wardell playing Valorant in his new TSM team uh, with some other of these pros who've jumped ship, I think Sub Rosa and you know the like... Despite all my understanding that there are, you know, potentially a huge uh, number of non-cynical reasons that Wardell may have changed games, he might have a dying mother who needs a, who needs Wardell to pay the, you know, to have a salary so she can pay for the dialysis or whatever. I still can't shake the feeling that this is not someone who simply loved CS:GO, but someone who simply loves to play video games and get paid for them. And obviously, there's nothing wrong with that. And there's something obstinately Puritan about objecting to it, even subconsciously. But that is the ridiculous nature of the diehard sports fan in this scenario of which I am one. Had Wardell stuck it out and landed himself on another team, I would have welcomed him with open arms. But now that he's gone, I say good riddance. (laughs) I'm glad someone who could do that has done it and has now made space for the true competitors and the true CSGO lovers to compete. Uh, let's chat DreamHack Masters. We've got some help on this podcast with a new friend. Uh, his name is Arctic, and he's going to have a little chat with me about DreamHack Masters. So we started off with Europe. We had Astralis versus Heroic. Um, that was a very swift 2-0 by Astralis, which was pretty much expected. We saw G2 versus Heroic. Now, that was probably, I reckon, the best game of that group. Um, went to a three-map series. Uh, third map went into overtime. And it was actually funny because Heroic had a very G2-esque diffuse fumble um, that would have actually won them the series. I think it was 15-12, and then it ended up going to overtime because they forgot to defuse the bomb. Who was that? Who was the guilty party in that? That was that was Heroic. Um, but who, which, which player? It was... So I don't think they went for an all. I think D- Danish Nico was diffusing. It was a 10-second mm-hmm. defuse, and then he got off it for some reason. And now all the G2 players started to leave, and then Starman got on it, didn't have enough time, and then they ended up losing the round. Nico, what are you doing, mate? I Yeah, I think everyone's been asking that. I've seen it all over Twitter. It's pretty funny. Get a new name. Uh, we had Complexity and Big Topping Group B. Uh, complexity two mm. owing mouse sports, which was surprising. Mm. Mouse sports aren't looking great at the moment. And then last night they also two owed Mad Lions, which was very good to see. Um, Blame F ended one of the games on, I think 
the final game yesterday, 29 and six deaths or something. Holy like crap. That. Yeah. So he absolutely. Was that on Vertigo? Popped. That was on Vertigo. Yeah. So he absolutely popped off. So seeing some great individual. And he's the IGL, I think. So the Complexity have a good Vertigo. They've, they've kind of had a good one since they began. Yeah. Well, it's funny because Mad Lions have lost all of the games they've played on Vertigo and they still picked into it. Maybe they thought they had something. They had some decent B executes at the start of the game, but as soon as the uh, complexity moved over to the CT side, oh, complexity moved over to the T side, the Mad Lion CT side was, yeah, not great. I saw Big beat Mouse as well, 2-1 last night. That's, yes. Uh, doesn't bode well for those guys. What's Why are they looking so dreary, Mouse? I'm not sure. It's a shame, really, because they were they were a really promising team coming up end of last year. You know what is a shame? Group A, the 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 well, they're not coming last. They're tied third and fourth with heroic, but North just didn't look great, did they? They beat G two two one, but then they were two owed by Astralis and two owed by heroic. I was surprised they beat G two to be fair, but G two ended up two owing Astralis. So you've had all sorts of surprises in Group A. Mm. Um, that might be due to obviously Yugi joining and Glaive taking that medical leave. Yeah, so this is one of the biggest things, isn't it? Yugi's has had his debut with Astralis, and I thought he looked quite good. In fact, sometimes what's surprised me the most about the games I've seen with him is that he's actually a solid rifler. I had no idea. Um, there was a stat that came up that I talked to you about uh, that was a crazy low number of his kills were with rifles. I think it was like 15% was with the M4. But he's actually showing up with the rifle. Yeah, but that's a weird stat because what was it? It was like fifty percent are with, or forty-eight percent or something with with the orb. With the and orb, then fifteen yeah. were with the M4. But then you assume there's probably another thirty that's with the AK. He's looked yeah. really solid with the AK, and sometimes he's been um, his frags haven't been up. But that's because, as we said when we're watching this, oftentimes like they'll do with a stand-in. They'll just put him on the other side of the map lurking and the four of them will go off and actually make a, a play onto a side. A play, yeah. Which means he's often like left to pick up the pieces in a 1v3 or a 1v4. So, Which he has been winning. Yeah, he has won some of them, hasn't he? Yeah. I, I think he's coming out of this looking much better than he than he did going into it, for sure. This is good for his brand, for sure. Yeah, I reckon, I reckon Yugi's... Because he's, th- he's got a three-month period while Glaive's taking this leave. And I reckon if he can prove himself in this three months, he's going to have a very good career ahead of him, I reckon. Hell yeah. Since recording this, we have seen the finals of the Group B matches play out. Big beat Complexity 2-1. Uh, they are looking hot to trot right now. And Mad Lions beat Mouse 2-0. That was a drubbing. That was an absolute drubbing. Uh, it was 16-5 and 16-10. Let's move on to DreamHack Masters North America. We had Chaos kick it off with a very surprising 2-0 against Liquid. That was actually really good to see. Uh, Exeter. 2-1 against Liquid. Was it 2-1? Was it? Oh, 2-1, sorry. Liquid yeah, Liquid did took the first map. Fight. Yeah, first map 16-4 actually, sorry. That was my bad. And Zeppa take his place. Now, Zeppa put up a very surprising individual performance on... God, was it the third map, I think? So they put up a 2-1 against Liquid, but Chaos ended up falling 2-0 to MIBR. Just cutting in here with last night's results, we did see Liquid 2-0 over MIBR uh, and Furia 2-1 over Chaos, which means that Liquid topped the bracket with three wins, zero losses, and Liquid, MIBR, and Chaos all tied on one loss, uh, one win and two losses. 
It's definitely it does definitely feel like there's woes in the liquid camp though, doesn't it? Like there's some trouble in paradise that has nothing to do with this being online. These guys I feel like they've fallen off worse than Navi post Katowice. I feel like there's something something going on. I saw a clip come up and that Stewie was taking the IGL role to allow Nitro to focus more on his individual play. Because mm. I don't know if you noticed, but Nitro has been falling off his perch a bit. Yeah. In terms of his performance. Um so Stewie's picked up that role as IGL, so I don't know if that's causing problems, if his calling's not as good as it could be. You know what? Uh, my my gut is to go, well, that's not a good sign. But then you think about someone like Virtus Pro and the way they used to swap between Neo and Taz every two or three months and how that kept the roster fresh, actually. You know, maybe it's not a bad thing. Maybe Stewie does call for three months and then Nitro comes back once they, you know, go back on land and things yeah. do feel a bit fresher and he's got a bit more energy. So. I wouldn't. I, there's a lot of people calling for roster changes with this group, or something to to happen with the lineup. I don't think that's the. Um, I don't reckon that's the. That's the. That's no. the way to solve it. My my gut would say that Twist. Someone needs to sit down with Twist and go. If you don't pull your finger out, your career's going to be. You're going to lose this opportunity. I I suspect it's a uh, discipline thing. This is pure speculation on my behalf. I saw a, a Liege has actually been the most consistent on this team for quite a while now. So it's good that he's still kind of holding his ground with everything falling to bits around him. Well, he's obviously the most disciplined player. He, he just looks the most disciplined, really. He's just, yeah. He looks like a polite, polite bloke, really. He used to have this guy in, a, in a high school who was a little bit OCD and you could sit behind him and he had his head down writing and you could just lean forward and move his uh, pencil case you know, two centimeters and without even looking at it, he would sense that something was off and he would move it, you know, back to where it was. I think Elise has got a little bit of that going on. I'm really enjoying watching Furia. I saw uh, something on Twitter put out that Art managed to get like 10 sec or 20 seconds into the round on Mirage. They were T-side Furia mm-hmm. and Art was already in CT spawn 20 seconds into the round. Mm, as are at your heart out. <laughs> That's exactly. sick. All right. So what else? Do you, you said you wanted to talk about some Road to Rio as well. Yeah. So the end of the Road to Rio, we were let down by the 100 Thieves a bit. I don't know if you're watching any of that. Lead us through what I missed in the last step. Well, obviously, Cassard's left, so they're probably a bit... They're still trying to figure that out. They haven't had a coach for coming on, what, two weeks now, I think. So I don't know what's going on there. Mm-hmm. bit rudderless. It is a bit. They've fallen to Genji, I think. And they're, they're versing Genji coming up. In like a week or so. So, oh, they fell to Envy. That's it, not Genji. Envy oh, two that's one. Embarrassing. Yeah. Well, who's who's the? Well, I mean, we were saying before, uh, I'm a pet's the uh, logical step in for hundred thieves. Who else could be the coach? I'd love to see Elmer Putty, who's the Genji, the Aussie guy. Hmm. But he's just obviously committed to Genji. They're performing quite well with him, so I don't think he'll move. I don't feel like I've seen any evidence that Putty is actually. Having a great influence though as a coach, because who was okay. he with before? He was with Order? Cloud Nine. Oh, he Cloud started Nine. up with Order, yeah. But Order kind of said goodbye to him quite quickly. I don't know, maybe it was only like three months from memory. I might be getting this wrong. Yeah, but right. There would I didn't see that Order suddenly transformed completely as a team. And then when they said goodbye to him, then I didn't get the sense that they were that sad to see him go. It could just be me reading between the lines of uh, tweets that doesn't make sense. But then he went to Cloud9, didn't seem to do much to that team, even though I give him this, it was a total shambles. He's contributed to 
um, evil geniuses. Although I know, or Gen G, sorry. Although I know he's like a stat man. But when they won DreamHack, whatever bloody DreamHack they came out of the gate and won, was it Anaheim? When everybody was celebrating, sure. you saw him in the background and he didn't even feel like a part of the team. Like the whole team was celebrating and he was like, yeah, guys, high five. So I get the sense he's not actually like like a, a part of the team really in the spirit term. Like he's more like just a complete tactician. This is pure speculation and it's based on a few clips. But I also haven't heard like any of the players going, yeah, love having Putty at our back. And like um, he's really transformed the like the the mental game of the team or the, the, how do you call it? The, um, the morale, the morale or the feel of the team. So I think one of the, one of the reasons hundred thieves hasn't done as well as we've hoped they would do is not the tactics. I feel like as is actually um, not too bad with the books. I think there's something in the, the team that just feels a little damp has always felt a little damp with these guys when they were renegades. Like it's just, some extra shot of electricity that they need sometimes to really yeah. get them on the server and putting putty in that doesn't seem to me to be the solution i think you need a hype man almost oh like, yeah what's robin doing these days the x phase coach it's a good question i think he was uh just being a dad oh, he yeah. never seemed like a real hype man though did he he just he was quite a solid yeah, he just sat there and watched tree trunk <laughs> yeah. Tree trunk. That's a good way to put it. Was there anything else to uh speak about vis a vis Road to Rio? In terms of Road to Rio, well Gen G ended up winning the North American final for that, overcoming mm-hmm. Furia. So that was I, I really wanted to see Fury win that. I'm really Why? enjoying watching Furia. They're fun, man. They're really yeah. fun to watch. You mean all the uh, extreme Just the crazy stuff they're doing. Yeah, the, mm. the rushing, the pushing. Um, I think Ast- was it Astralis that won the European? I think it was. Yeah, yeah, they came um, top over G two. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, absolutely destroyed them, I believe. But it was good to see G two make a bit of a redemption in uh, DreamHack. So, well, yeah, I mean they, they did, but they also had the sort of grand final choke that I felt like they had at Katowice too, where they just looked dominant, and then yeah. massive got steamrolled in the in the grand final. In the grand final, yeah. It is good for Gen G because uh, I think last time when they were having a slump a couple of months ago, I was like, oh, here we go. This is another DAPS team that just kind of, you know, uh, runs up at the top of the hill and then kind of scrapes, uh, rolls down the bottom and, and, and kind of is stuck in the mud for about six months. But it's good that they've managed to climb back up again uh, sooner than I imagined. They've probably got a bit of, um, bit of, a, bit of an advantage over some of the other teams with that. Uh, disciplined character in daps because i don't see that sort of a discipline or that sort of a calm sort of maturity in a team like liquid no Um, that's probably someone who does ride a lot more the wave of the lan energy um the arena energy whereas daps is like sort of sitting in his jammies with his uh slippers and his cup of tea whether he's at lan or at home so maybe being online has been a good thing for those guys. What's going on with Evil Geniuses? What, what What's happening there? Oh, they had a little rebrand in the week. That's oh, yeah. pretty much it. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of when I was like 16 and I felt unattractive and I was like, I'm going to reinvent myself and I dye my hair green. Jesus Christ. And then um, you'd get a little bit of attention um, for a day or two. And then it just, that was it. 
It was it was purely uh, superficial. They are on the decline. Uh, December 2019, they were number five. Now they're sitting at number eight. So I mean, that's not too bad. It's not too, they're still in the top ten, but it's... It is amazing that they're still in the top ten because it feels like I haven't seen them have a good performance at all. It feels no. like they should have dropped much further than that. Like they've lost, they lost two one to Cloud Nine. Mm. That seems like a, a an artificial ranking for sure. Like that is, I would put them fifteen right now. I'd 16. put them lower. Yeah, lower. Them so, no, lower than what they are now. No, oh, I wouldn't put them you... lower than fifteen. I put them probably like twelve, thirteen, something well, like well, that. That's nice of you. Yeah, I, 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 I like, I, li- I don't mind the players. Okay. Yeah, I like, I like watching Cirque. Bit of Bulgarian warp action is always good. Mm-hmm. Seems to spice up the NA roster a bit. Mm. Tarek when he's playing well. <laughs> well, that's been a while since he's played well, isn't it? He still has a major MVP, so you can't can't diss him too much. Well, I mean, him and Adren, don't they? It's uh, <laughs> yeah. Ad- okay, Adren has one. Yeah, that's true. They're kind of sitting in the same shop window right now, looking a bit dusty. This reminds me of a roster move I've got to report on, and it does involve said Adrian of Virtus Pro membership. Um, Virtus Pro have actually moved Buster to the bench for an undefined period of time, although I think they call it a short break. This has been reported by Overdrive, of course, the CIS leaker par excellence and he intimates as well that Sanji might also be in the chopping block and that at some point Adrian's future is also on the line of course James and Kickert are the best players on that roster and it appears their membership is solid they've also signed a new psychologist uh, and a second coach so these guys are not happy with the results of this team as they shouldn't be because they've been terrible This concludes the episode. If you want to support us, you can do so on patreon.com slash thetruthcsgo. You can send me an email, thetruth at thetruthcsgo.com. You can upvote me when I post the episodes on Reddit. You can retweet them on your Twitter account. Uh, thank you very much for Arctic to come on uh, coming on this weekend and discussing uh, some of the DreamHack Masters spring games. We've got the DreamHack spring continuing with more groups and so there's a whole lot more cs to watch so until next time enjoy watching those and enjoy playing mm if you're in sydney reach out i'm not going to be playing the game for much longer but i'm definitely uh queuing on the mms right now and interestingly enough i've noticed that since the increase in players my previous ranking uh of mg <laughs> was down to about a golden over two last time i played and since the atrophying of basically every single one of my senses, um, I'm pretty sure my rank of Silver Elite Master is probably roundabout where it should be, unfortunately, for my pride and ego. So if you want to come in and uh, smurf with a Silver Elite team, uh, get in touch. All right, enjoy the game. Enjoy the game.